Ian. Dave. Marquette. Hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we're all here together yes. um, because I feel like Dave and I got here just in time. Yes. Because I think we're about to save Marquette from a huge mistake. I We, we heard a rumor that he was going to buy a Volkswagen R32. And luckily, we struck with such speed <laughs> that we got here before that catastrophic decision was made is it still so, is it still in your cart <laughs> uh well interestingly i did buy it online ah, oh. <laughs> so, so i mean yeah, I we're to marquette on his purchase <laughs> is what we meant so our good friend jesse alerted us through the internets that mm -hmm. you marquette who we know from carting and from doing cars and coffee things uh that you were purchasing a 2004 Volkswagen R32. The first thought that I had was, Ian, we need to get him on the show because Ian, our resident victim of R32-itis, um, I, I wanted to, to see what it was like to be somebody that was walking into a, a car like this today in 2020. Wait, 2021. Dear God. <laughs> so talk us through what you're thinking what the purchase was why <laughs> yeah so the why is kind of uh, a replacement car um oh. so i currently own a, a mazda speed 6 a 2006 mazda speed 6 as a sort of daily driver uh car that can do year-round driving with a set of summer tires and a set of winter tires um speed 6 i've owned for about three years now um, it's been pretty fun, but uh, at the same time, nobody knows what the hell they are. Right. Uh, you know, you you see them on the street, and you're like, "Is that a Speed Six? Is that a regular Six? You know, it's it doesn't exactly stand out. Um, and so I, I've kind of gotten bored over it, uh, uh, bored with it over time. And I will say, it's a, a car in Colorado that you could drive spiritedly around year round, right, with the proper tires, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the car makes 274 all wheel, um, horsepower. Of course that, I mean, that's, um, sorry, it's not wheel horsepower, but that's crank horsepower, but it puts it down to all four wheels. Right. Um, turbocharged, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's heavier than the R32. Um, and so it doesn't exactly suit my driving dynamic style. I really like lightweight cars. Um, the R32 is not super lightweight but it's lighter than the speed six yeah it, it's so interesting because i and i was just saying this before we started but when i was shopping for the r32 i just looked at i bought my r32 in april of 2010 um and i was looking for something that was all-wheel drive and fun um and i was um between a couple of things, and R and at that point, R32s were pretty hard to find, especially where I was in I was in Oklahoma at the time. And uh, um, I test drove a I test drove a Mazda Speed Six back to back with an Audi S4 with the V8, um, and like I had driven a Mazda Speed Three, and I loved it because it was like crazy and bonkers. And then I drove the Mazda Speed Six, and I was like, it's not fun why isn't it fun right i mean the speed three has all that power going through the front wheels right yeah and so it is a little bit more powerful when you're as you're driving it mm -hmm. um and and the speed six is i think is a great factory sleeper car yes you know okay. you know okay. like i was saying before you don't really notice it and cops don't notice it either you know that being said i have gotten a speeding ticket with it um <laughs> but uh it just blends in on the road you know uh, in 2021 it looks sedate, mm -hmm. yes. you know, in 2006, when it first came out, it had a lot of sort of interesting design quirks to it. Like the sort of rear valence on the rear bumper um, with the sort of like black plastic shrouds around the exhaust pipes right. um, was one of the first cars to have that design trend. And now that's on almost every single car. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I, I've always liked the way that it, that was always the, the selling point for me was how much of a sleeper it was. Um, I always thought that was super cool. Uh, and it bums me out that they don't make it anymore. 
Um, so, so you, when you were, so what year was the Speed Six? So 2006. 2006. Okay. So you decided to go ahead and go back a couple of years with the R32 purchase. What was in the portfolio of potential cars to replace the Speed 6? Yeah. So the my list of requirements is uh, defined as it's got to be manual. I got to have a stick shift. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be all-wheel drive for the winter tomfoolery. Uh-huh. Um, and it's got to be fun to drive. Okay. Um, it's got to at least have some power to it, or it's got to be, you know, very uh, spirited in its dynamics. Um, and so before I had the Speed 6, I actually had another turbocharged all-wheel drive Mazda, which is a 1988 323 GTX. Oh, um, whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Group A uh, rally homologation car. Um, and that car was a lot of fun when it was working <laughs> okay um, was it hard to keep running yeah there was a lot of parts that uh were made specifically for that car um and no other car like the all-wheel drive system on it is totally unique to that car um, and it's not I, what you would call robust um it's people say they have glass transmissions uh or transmissions made out of glass but um i never abused mine i never launched it or anything like that Mm-hmm. And uh, I still had some problems with it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is that, um, a tra- is that a transverse engine or is it longitudinal? Yeah, yeah it's transverse. transverse. Okay. Oh, weird. Okay. But it's not like a, it's not a Haldex, obviously, because that was. Yeah, no, it had a locking center dif- differential. Uh, you could press a button on the dash and it would lock. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Such a cool car. Um, and very lightweight, only weighed like 2,600 pounds and, right. and it made like 136 horsepower turbocharged out of a 1.6 liter motor. That's yeah. not um, it's essentially, all. it's essentially the, the motor that would go on to be put into the Miata, but naturally aspirated. Gotcha. And when you think about Miatas and how they take boost so well, it's because these motors were designed to be turbocharged from the beginning. Gotcha. Okay. That's really interesting. So um, the the R30 so the GTX, oh, go ahead, I go loved ahead. its little sort of two-door um, hatchback body style to it. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to get back to, uh, which is yeah. kind of what the R32 uh, brings to the table. It kind of reminds me of the old 323 GTX in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's making a lot more sense now why you would pivot to an R32, right? Like that was like the missing puzzle piece that just needed to be dropped in. That the three two three GTX that is amazing, it, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah like I'm beautiful minding this now like. It's- <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean the Arthur kind of like you know in, on like the fun to practical continuum sort of slots pretty neatly in between the three two three GTX and the Mazda Speed Six too. Of like, you know, it's not super bespoke like the three two three was, but it's also a little more spirited than the, the speed six, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, way more power than, uh, than the GTX had. It's less weight than the speed six had. And, mm-hmm. uh, with a, a shorter, uh, wheel, wheelbase, which I, which I like. So yeah, it, it's um, a little Goldilocks, right? Yeah, it is. When you think about all the cars, it's kind of like the best aspects of, of both distilled into one, but it's a German car, which is new to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's get into this because obviously you can see that Ian's uh, uh, Google background here is his car on a tow truck. Uh, <laughs> it's natural habitat. <laughs> How many miles does your R have, and what kind of service history did it come with? Yeah. So uh, I picked it up with just a little bit over ninety six thousand miles on it. I, I bought it from the previous owner was in Las Vegas, so I drove okay. it back to Colorado at the end of November. Okay. Um, so now it has just a little, little over 97,000 miles on it. Amazing. That's fantastic for a 16 yeah, year old car. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, do you know like what kind, like talk us through the stuff that has been broken and replaced. Was it replaced with OEM stuff, upgraded stuff? Like, yeah, give us kind of the, the flesh of it. It seems to be pretty tastefully modified. I would say um, it's got, a mix of OEM and uh, sort of upgraded parts. Um, the crack pipe, so to speak. Um, I don't really like calling it a crack pipe just because it has sort of 
negative connotations to it. But um, the cross pipe on the front of the car, uh, on the front of the motor, um, is a Grooven Parts aluminum um, cross pipe, um, and that is actually leaking on me right now. Um, oh. So one of my uh, one of the, the things I feared about the R32 with that crack pipe cracking, um, you know, I thought that I wouldn't have to worry about it since this car had already had a upgraded aluminum uh, pipe on there rather than a plastic one, but um, eh, it's still leaking regardless. So uh, plan is to replace that with another one, um, but then it's also leaking at the um, uh, junction with the uh, thermostat housing. So um, that thermostat housing is still the OEM plastic one. I'm going to replace that with a cast aluminum version. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So hopefully fingers crossed I'll never have to worry about uh, coolant leaks out of the that uh, area of the motor ever again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian, uh, has there been any other big, oh, sorry, go ahead. Dave. Real quick. What would you say to an R32 owner that says I'll never have to worry about that again? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because, you know, I've talked to a few R32 owners over the years and there are like, these things that are supposed to be like notorious things. I have never talked to an R32 owner who has had the same num the same set of issues. You know, like I have peeling clear coat and my hall decks went bad. Um, but I never got the fender wave that everyone talks about. I have the original, uh, all the coolant stuff is all original. I'm on the original clutch at 140,000 miles. Like, I don't know. Timing <laughs> chains are fine. I don't know. But everyone else has different issues. It's 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 weird. Yeah, it's interesting that you haven't had any coolant um, issues whatsoever because, you know, looking over the service history that I got from the previous owner, um, it seems like uh, the previous owners have had some, some issues with the coolant. Um, mm -hmm. Just like I said, had already replaced that crack pipe with with uh, with another one. Thermostat and housing was replaced. And then uh, there was a cool leak at the thermostat housing again. Um, maybe like two years later, it looks like from my records here. Wow. I wonder if some of that's just being in Las Vegas. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the car has been all over. It hasn't lived its whole life in Vegas. It's uh, spent some time in Austin, spent some time in the Pacific Northwest as well. Um, huh. So it's gotten around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's that's that's strange. Yeah. The the big things that I've had go on my car, like I said, were the I had the Haldex go, uh, the the Haldex controller and pump went about a year after I got it, um, and I upgraded that. I upgraded the controller to the the blue controller, um, which is like it sends more sends uh, power to the to the rear faster, and it. Uh, disengage it takes longer to disengage the rears interesting um, yeah it's a really cool uh it's a really cool little upgrade any um, worries about longevity like sort of effects on longevity on the Haldex system without no it's i don't think so it's mostly just like reprogramming it so it's and it, it's been in there for uh eight and a half years now something like that yeah right so it's, it's been fine and yeah. it, you've done a lot of snow drifting in that car and it's been fine and track days and yeah. yeah so i mean it's uh, been, speaking speaking of snow drifting have you had any power steering issues my power steering pump has been weeping for i'm gonna say five years <laughs> <laughs> or no, not the pump the, the reservoir the reservoir weeps a little bit um okay eh, it's fine yeah yeah because yeah, okay. I, I, I did have some power steering issues with my speed six um okay can't resist doing some some good snow nuts um right. when you have an empty parking lot in front of you right so yeah i i like that you went from having a car the the 323 that shared all-wheel drive components with nothing to a car that now shares all-wheel drive components with what else like i mean a lot of stuff right yeah absolutely i mean uh, a good buddy of mine uh, my first sort of introduction to the whole vr6 um, Volkswagen thing was uh, my buddy who almost kind of got me into cars. He had a Mark II Audi TT. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. 3.2. Yeah. Um, and that was a blast. Uh, 
and that sort of got me hooked on cars. Just that I never really felt torque before from a car <laughs> okay. until I felt the, the VR6 torque. Um, yeah. And so that, that was almost 10 years ago. Um, actually, uh, what, that was 10 years ago that I first sort of got a ride in his TT. That's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, you've really come full circle. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I hadn't thought about that until earlier today, actually. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. Yeah. So, what other upgraded or or modified components do you have with it? And then, kind of run us through like your plans with the car. Yeah. So uh, it's got the flapper mod on the exhaust, yeah. uh, which sounds wonderful. Um, I, I really have no desire to do like anything else with the exhaust on the car. It sounds great as is. I, I, so I, one thing that I kind of wanted to do with the show was I wanted to get Ian's ownership opinion and then me as like the, the viewer so that you could kind of have like both perspectives, right? Ian had the flapper mod when I first met him, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved it. Then he went and bought the Miltech exhaust, and it is my favorite exhaust I have ever heard on a car. I love it so much. I love it so much, Marquette. It, it's like, it's so business. It like looks you in the eyes and then just like knocks everything off of your desk. Like it just, it is business and it is perfect. But well, yeah. I, I will have to listen to, to the Miltech exhaust in person one of these days. Um, well, it, it, does, it does drone a bit, but you, you also have to, for context, I don't have a commute even in right. non-COVID times. Right. Um, so my car is occasional city runabout and fun car, and that's it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So Personally, I, I like being able to sort of fly under the radar occasionally, yeah. and so having the switch on the dash to, like, turn it quiet is mm-hmm. a plus for me. Yeah, and that was the same thing. when I was When I had a daily commute, that was exactly what I had, and then it was after I started this job where i'm working from home full-time i was like well fuck it let's go (laughs) um and that's when i like lowered it and put the other exhaust on and the whole thing yeah so so what what else what other components like yeah uh it's got a uh diesel geek uh aluminum skid plate which is nice to have Mm -hmm. um unfortunately it doesn't have the original aristo wheels um, the previous owner told me that uh, one of them got bent or something, so I, I'm not sure exactly what happened to the whole set, but I don't have them, unfortunately. Um, so I'm looking to swap up my wheel selection here. I, I need some gold on this black car. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was just going to yeah. say, like, some burnt bronze, <laughs> like, yeah, vintage bronze or gold would look amazing on this. Yeah, so I, I don't like the black on black, you know, uh, on just the black wheels in general. I used to have a black uh, set of black wheels on my Miata and it, it just wasn't for me. So um, I need a set of gold wheels. Um, but otherwise, like the car is pretty nice for me as is. It's for me, okay. it's a daily driver, um, something that will run four seasons and uh, something that I can have fun with on whatever drive that I find myself on. Do you transport children? Do you do you have any kids? I have no responsibilities. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> let's okay. let's establish this right now. <laughs> um, no, so it's I, I'm very much single um, and uh, don't have any sort of uh, my speed six. Like it, it, I wish it didn't have a back seat because like I can count the times I use that back seat to put people in it on one hand. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, you're, you're making all the right choices here. This is not where I thought we would be with this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, just like for full disclosure, my, my one and only car for, uh, let's see here, at least four or five years was a a Miata. So like that sets the stage for my responsibilities and sort of my, my daily sort of cargo. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Man, so uh, as a passenger, I really fell in love with like how comfortable the R32 is. Like, it's the seats are some of the best seats you can find. Period. I I love how crazy wacky big the dead pedal is. Um, There's just uh, there's so many like little bits of charm that take it beyond just a typical Golf. Like. Are yours the full leather seats or do you have the uh, Alcantara inserts? Yeah, I've got the full leather Koenigs and you're right. They're great. I love them. They've got so much bolstering. Um, Again, they kind of remind me of the old 323 
um, GTX seats. They had uh, factory Recaro seats um, in the in the GTX, so they had some really nice side bolstering, um, which I've missed dearly. Um, the Speed Six uh, interior and seats um, pale in comparison to the R32 for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, the seats are definitely a highlight of that car for me as well. Um, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to find one that was like in good shape and you're happy with it. Yeah, it, it just kind of fell into my lap. Um, it was on the Cars and Bids auction site. Oh, yeah, Doug DeMuro's um, site, yeah. And so this is the first time I've I've uh, bid on a car through an auction, and uh, I ended up winning. <laughs> how, how was What was that experience like? Because I've, I've never done that either. I've never yeah. That. It, was, it was super smooth. Um, generally, I hate buying cars and dealing with people and, you know, just like all the crap that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the whole cars of bids process was super smooth, super like low maintenance. <laughs> like the, the, the previous owner was, was great to get along with, answered all my questions. Um, it was a good experience. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. You're the first person I've talked to you. I've, I've talked with a few people who have gone through, um, uh, bring a trailer, but, uh, you're the first, first person I've talked to that's, that's gone through cars and bids. Yeah, this this R32 actually was on Bring a Trailer, I think, like a year or two ago. Um, oh. It didn't end up selling. It didn't hit okay. the reserve price. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so um, I think, yeah, the previous owner like fixed some things on the car that were uh, sort of out of whack, uh, mm-hmm. and then took it to Cars and Bids and got a better result. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's a good endorsement. Yeah. Um, okay. He- uh, so do you have any pl- big plans for, like, are you going to – turbo it you're gonna do cams like what power wise are you happy with it or do you think you're gonna mess with it uh you know for now i think it's fine you know it's definitely less power in a straight line than the speed six um with its turbo Mm -hmm. but the the torque that you can get down low pretty much every time you you take off from a stop um is way more usable and way more fun for me um and it still screams when you throw it into high gear um, yeah. so power wise, it's fine. You know, if I come into a million dollars at some point, I'll probably turbocharge it. But, um, for now it's okay. My, I've got a race car. That's actually my race car. That's not the R32. Right. That's helpful. That's helpful. Yeah. Right. It's not a very good race car, but it is, I will say it is a really good, it's a fun car on the track because it's mm-hmm. like, uh, for, for, uh, learning a line or like kind of honing your skills it's great because it's so predictable and so like easy to be repetitive with it um that i really have enjoyed kind of learning how to drive on on a track with it it was a super good tool for that awesome yeah my my race car is kind of down at the moment in the midst of a uh, engine swap project Mm -hmm. um but if that doesn't if that project doesn't finish by the time the 2021 race season starts, I'm definitely going to take the R32 um, out to PPIR. Nice, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah. We'll have to do. We'll have to get together and do a track day uh, at some point with them. That'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's. Uh, so Dave, why don't you give Marquette uh, your FMK cars as a kind of a tie a bow on talking about the r32 okay and then we'll we'll move on to this other project that you uh that you just referenced absolutely and so our big takeaway from this is uh we're you didn't need to keep the receipt on the purchase we're glad you made it and we're super excited to like see like like how you enjoy this car because it's such a good car yeah yeah Yeah, i'm really looking forward to own my, my full ownership of the car as well and sort of diving into the whole german car ownership experience because already there are some <laughs> interesting quirks that uh, i have not experienced on any of my previous japanese vehicles <laughs> can you give us an example uh just like specific windshield wipers that you have to get like it's not like they're no like it's not like universal amount <laughs> ian's yep. chuckling see this is like <laughs> this is like nobody told me when i was going to get ear hair when i got older like it just yep. i just looked in the mirror and all of a sudden it was there right so ian tell marquette like the ear hair that's going to come with this car 
Well, but it's good and bad, right? Because like, especially if you're used to working in cars, the thing that I've noticed about the, the R32 is like, I've never once had to unseize a bolt, you know, and for like, even underneath the car or whatever, for a 16 year old car, the bolts just, they come out when they're supposed to come out. Um, you know, it's just, it's made very, very well. And, um, but at the same time, to get to anything, you have to disassemble the entire front of the vehicle. So yeah. <laughs> they call it service position for a reason. So, right. Okay. It's, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, right? Yeah. yeah. Do, uh, you, do you typically do most of the work yourself? I consider myself much more of a driver than a mechanic. Okay. Um, and so I, I tend to farm that out to the people who know what they're doing and who are comfortable doing that kind of thing. Um, personally, I like my cars running well. And when I work on them, they don't necessarily work all that great. <laughs> so just for my own peace of mind, I like to take it to the people who know what they're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hard, hard same. Hard agree over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fantastic. No, that that's great. Um, okay, so uh, the FMK cars that I have for you is is other two thousand four all wheel drive cars. Knowing like that you got an R thirty two, I think is a little bit of a spoiler for it. So I'm throwing a catch onto them, and it does have to do with maintenance. Um, but I do just want to circle back to one thing real quick. At some point in the past on the podcast, we were talking about Ian's R32. And Ian, you said that your R32 is not the best Volkswagen or the best Golf, but it is the coolest Golf. Yes. And yes. I, I so. hard agree with that. I, I've, yeah, I've driven, I've driven GTIs from lots of de- generations and I've driven Golf R's and uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely not the fastest golf that you could buy, um, but or probably even the best. But it's a hundred percent the coolest. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with that in mind, it's going to be hard to pick anything but uh, you know the R thirty two and this FMK cars. But here we go. So the first one I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you basically the R32 that you got, but you have a full dealer service record and 200,000 miles on the car and everything's been replaced with OEM parts, right? So for good or bad, right, um, you're getting OEM parts. Uh, Let's see here, I'll pull up your R32 picture. Um, The next car is going to be a 2004, S4 Avant. So the V8, uh, I'm giving it to you with 80,000 miles. There are some questionable gaps in the service record, (laughs) right? Like, I don't know if you've ever had a car where like, you don't really have anything other than like what the Carfax tells you, right? Um, And you have no idea if the timing chain guides have been replaced, right? The, The notorious timing chain guides that you get to pull the engine for to get to. So there's that, right? Uh, Then lastly, I'm going to give you a 2004 Volvo S60R wagon. The catch with this one is that it is owned by me. You're buying it from me, and it's also maintained by me. So, (laughs) So Ian, would you mind telling Marquette what you think he'd be getting if if he bought the uh, V70R from me? Well, I, you know, I think um, you're a pretty fastidious uh, um, maintenance uh, car owner, right? Like you, I, I know you have a, he has a spreadsheet uh-huh. uh, where he tracks the maintenance schedule of his Lexus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's conditional formatting is involved in the spreadsheet. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you'd be in good hands buying a car secondhand from Dave for sure. Okay. I, I appreciate the endorsement, Ian. 
Okay. I feel like you're less sure than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. So I, I used to have that Infiniti M45 and it sprang a leak in the radiator right before I was going to sell it to CarMax. And I just put stop leak in it and then dropped it off at CarMax. I would do well, that. That's what you do with CarMax though. Right. right. I would do that to a corporation, but not a, not Marquette, not, not I was a gonna, I was going to say there is a certain point where you just go, I'm done. <laughs> right. Right. Because unlike Mitt Romney, I don't believe corporations are people too. So, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Well, this is an interesting trio that you've given me. Um, because when I was thinking about cars to replace the speed six with, I was looking at Volvo V70 Rs. Okay. Um, is this one in question a stick shift? Yes. Yeah. You get the, okay. the awesome space ball. We're going to assume manual transmission, uh, for all of these for sure. Okay, because because yeah. it's hard to find those these days. I it was looking, is. and they were almost all automatics. The ones that I was finding, mm-hmm. uh, and then the Audi. As as much as I love a, a a good wagon, and I do wish that the Speed Six was a wagon mm-hmm. instead of a sedan. Right. Um, man, the um, the setup that you've given me on it is just a little dicey. Yeah. Yeah, beyond. So, I I always say like Audi doesn't care about their their vehicles past like sixty thousand miles. After that, they're like fuck off, lease another one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, th- I think it's going to be an easy one for me. Um, I'm going to kill the Audi. Okay. Okay. I think I'm going to marry the the R32 because right. that's essentially what I did. <laughs> um, and then I think I'm just going to make sweet, sweet, Swedish love to that <laughs> Volvo wagon. That's, nice. I think that that's the appropriate decision. I, I do. It, it's hard because it's like, uh, yeah, you've basically bought one of the best cars. Like you've just done it. You've just gone out and bought one of the best cars. I've, yeah. I've, I've sort of been ticking off boxes on my car ownership. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with the, with the, the 323 GTX, it's, it's very much a sort of a one of a kind group A homologation car that really, they don't really make much these days. And the one that they are making these days, the Toyota Yaris GR, right. they're not selling it here in the U S right. God, I want one of those. If they were selling that here in the U S I wouldn't have bought the R32. Right. Yeah. Um, but Toyota is going to do their Toyota things and not bring the fun cars here to, to us Americans. So here we are. Um, yeah. So, so sort of, I've sort of ticked off all those sort of like rare, weird, obscure boxes with the 323 GTX. And then the Speed 6 is sort of like a modern sleeper car that I think to this day is still the most powerful piston engine car that Mazda has ever produced. Okay. Um, you, you think about all their, their new cars that make a bunch of torque, but they don't make a, a whole bunch of horsepower. Um, and then the R32 is, yeah, as, as we're saying, a very sort of unique car with all of these really interesting properties that is um, in a really cool package. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. I think you chose well. This is this this if if this was an intervention, we'd be putting more cocaine in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're not going <laughs> to. We'd be starting the intervention with like, so you like to party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, speaking of questionable decisions, let's talk about your your engine swap project because you yes. you mentioned your race car. You've got a Miata that you do time attack with. Um. And you're currently undertaking a K-swap, which is really funny because you're the second person we've had on the, on the podcast in the last few months that is in the middle of a Miata K-swap. Yeah, there's a reason for it, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So this this car is my uh, sort of lifetime car. I don't, I don't plan on ever getting rid of this car. Um, I love this car so much. This is probably my, my favorite car that I've ever owned, period. Okay. Um, and the only thing that uh, is sort of lacking with it is uh, a lack of power. Yeah. Um, I've pretty much gone over the whole chassis uh, over my ownership and gone through the suspension, replaced that with Olin's coilovers, uh, replaced the whole brake system with four-piston Willwood brakes um, all on all four quarters. I've got uh, Fly Miata sway bars front and rear. Um, 
and it's it's such a fun car for canyons and tight autocross tracks which is what my time attack events are let's i, I don't want to over glorify it or anything I, i'm not like setting records in like actual like time attack uh circuits but you know this this time attack event is essentially like a a larger slightly larger format slightly higher speed autocross and it really excels there um and i just have so much fun with it um so the time's for for more power um thought about doing the turbo but um really when you look at it uh turbos don't really perform all that well on a track setting um sure, they overheat sure. uh the power delivery isn't always desirable um and so personally i really like naturally aspirated cars and and how they deliver their power and how it's very predictable um and really the honda k24 a2 motor ticks all those boxes yeah, yeah well i mean and just backing up a little bit it looks fucking boss with the gold, <laughs> with the gold, uh, with the gold wheels it looks yes. really really nice yes thank you yeah the amazing. emerald green color uh, from mazda is beautiful and i don't know why they don't put it on every single car that they make um the new miatas they look great but you can only get them in red blue and then gray black white mm-hmm. yeah i am a huge advocate for more green cars green is my favorite color like i like i love it so much i had a green sob dusty rusty r.i.p yeah uh <laughs> pour one out but yeah a uh, similar colorway but with much less clear coat than your car um you know <laughs> plasti dick uh, <laughs> uh, vintage bronze bronze wheels and uh sob scarab green uh that i love so much it's such a classic color combination yeah yeah and the uh the roll bar that i just installed in it is uh also cold matches the wheels perfect perfect take a little bit of that up top marquette that's fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. You take some great pictures of your cars, man. This is this is fantastic. I love this. Thank you very much. I've been yeah. shooting photos for practically my whole life at this point, um, since I was probably about 10 years old. And so the equipment has upgraded. The skills have upgraded since then, but um, still love it just as much. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when do you think you're going to have your, uh, your case swap completed? Your, I assume you're aiming for this coming, uh, spring and summer season. Yeah. So the car is currently in pieces in Tennessee at the moment. Uh, a good friend of mine is helping me with the project. I went down and spent about three weeks, uh, in August with him, uh, pulling the engine out, getting the new motor in the motor is in the car. Um, but, uh, all the other accessories and stuff need to get hooked up on it and, uh, finished up the wiring and stuff like that. Um, but my buddy had a motorcycle accident a few weeks after I left him. And so he is currently healing with a broken left wrist and a broken right shoulder. So he's pretty much out of commission. Um, so hopefully, so that, that happened back in November. So hopefully he'll be, uh, healed up and, and good, good to go for spring. So I'll go down there and help him finish it up in the spring. Well, I, I hope he heals up soon. Yeah. 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 It's rough. Yeah. He's, he's doing better now for sure. Thank you. He's, he's had yeah. some uh, operations and he's doing better. That's yeah. good. Gotcha. So yeah. we, I've also, I've, you're the second person I've talked to that's done the, the PPIR mm-hmm. time attack stuff. Um, yeah. T- tell me a little bit about, about that. Um, I'm, uh, that series really is intriguing to me and, just tell the people a little bit what, what it's about. And what it would be like if two idiots showed up with a Saab Vigan and an, R- an R32 of their own. <laughs> I would heartily encourage it. Um, I love this series. The series is great. Um, I first started doing autocross with SCCA um, back when I first picked up the Miata back around 20, 2012. Um, and so that's sort of where my autocross experience started from. Um, and then I moved up here to Colorado. I did a couple SEC events here, but it was really far away, further away than I was used to going to events for. Um, and just the, the courses were short and, and tight and weren't all that great, in my opinion, the, in the events and the locations that they were being held. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I heard about PPIR doing this time attack series, not affiliated with SCCA. It's their own thing, okay. uh, which means they get get to make the rules essentially. And uh, the very large SCCA rule book is thrown out the window 
and they simplify things a whole lot, um, which I really enjoy uh, as a competitor, just because it, it means you have more class competition uh, to compare yourself against. You're not divided into a bunch of these weird sort of permutations of classes that only have like one other person competing. Uh, and it's you've got, I think they're up to six classes uh, for everybody at this point. Um, and that's broken down into front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, all wheel drive. Uh, and then each of those have a fast and slow class. Okay. Uh, and that is just broken down by a um, power to weight ratio cutoff. There are a few other rules in accordance with that, like tire uh, width and fender, fender flares, stuff like that. But it's very, very simplified compared to the SCCA rule book. Um, and then they also recently added a SS class, which is uh, super slow. <laughs> and so sort of regardless of your drivetrain, your drivetrain um, if your car's slow enough, you're going to go into the SS class. Um, okay. And so that's like super early Miatas, like the 1.6 liter Miatas go into that class. Um, and like, I don't know, Corollas, I'm, I'm <laughs> struggling to just come up with examples, but that's right. essentially the classing system. Okay. Um, and so it's easy to figure out what class your car is going to be in. And then you show up to the event. The event uses the infield paved road course section of the PPIR oval. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, the banking comes into play as well, but every event, the course is different um, and it's a blast. You get a comparatively, um, I would say more time on track compared to an SECA event for what you pay for. Um, and you don't have to work the event, okay. uh, which is great. Um, PPIR, the event's fully staffed. You pay to get in and that money goes to paying the people who actually organize the event. Um, and so it's run very smoothly. Um, they've got online live uh, timing. It's great. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. If I remember right, it's pretty affordable too, right? Like it's, it's 50 bucks. Yeah. Wow. 50 bucks, you get five timed competitive runs. And then at the end of the day, usually they have fun runs as much as you want until they close <laughs> the place down. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And that was also, you know, that was part of the reason that I, I've never done SCCA with my car because, um, because you know, I mentioned that I did that uh, that Haldex upgrade that boots me into like the uh, a, a much higher class just that one upgrade because it's a technically a drivetrain upgrade. Yep. Um, and for an all-wheel drive car, like I would be going up against like STIs and stuff, and I would just get crushed. You know, there would be no, wouldn't it would I wouldn't even be in the same league as anyone else I was competing against. Yeah, so, and and the event turnout has been great. Um, they've had to make some changes to the event and how it's run to make things run more efficiently, but they get two to 300 competitors out almost every event. And, and, and you know, granted, that's pre-COVID. I actually have not been to any events in 2020 during the pandemic, sure. but they still have been running them. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I did one track day during COVID and it was, it was great because you you know you're just outside and it, it worked it worked pretty well. Yeah, you know a lot of the autocross, um, you, you know you, there is plenty of downtime mm -hmm. during these events, so so you do typically sort of chill out and hang out and talk with uh, other gearheads and stuff like that. So that has been sort of had to been tampered down a little bit with the pandemic. Sure, sure, right, yeah. The I I think by its nature like a racetrack is a pretty safe place for that kind of stuff, right? Like if they have a mask mandate for when you're not in your helmet, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that these are some things that we'll be able to enjoy, you know, in, in a safe manner, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be able to continue supporting our local track. You know, yeah. they're, they're of course suffering just like everybody else with the pandemic. So it's great right. for them to be able to continue to have events. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there's, sort of guidelines in place for when you're not competing, you need to be sort of in your car and not really congregating with other people and stuff like that, just to prevent the the spread of the, the virus. But uh, it's still a blast. That's what helmet radios are for. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have one, but Ian and I swear by them. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, especially for carding and stuff. We, we, yeah. We've introduced the helmet radios to be able to talk to each other while we're carding. Um, and that is brilliant. <laughs> Hadn't thought about, about that before. It's, it's so great. Yeah, it like it really does like take it up to another level because you know when you're getting ready to pass someone, you can just be like, "I'm about to dive bomb you." <laughs> and when you do it, it makes it that much more satisfying. Yeah, just being able to creep up in in somebody's line and just go, "Oh, hello," you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, with technology, we can overcome some of this, uh, some of these, uh, adjustments that we have to make for, uh, for COVID. And like you said, I think it's important that we find this balance between, uh, doing things like safely and supporting folks that are hurting from the pandemic because, uh, it's freaking rough out there. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I would love to make a concerted effort. I don't know how this will pan out considering it's, you know, already January, but uh, I would love to get the Vigan down there for a run at the track sometime. This there, I'm telling you, the variety of vehicles that have been brought out to the series to compete has been ridiculous. Nice. Um, they, and sort of another sort of uh, benefit of not being associated with SCCA is being able to be kind of lenient with what vehicles actually get to run. Right. Um, and so there have been Ram SRT 10. <laughs> out there yes yes um, okay and like extremely rowdy i would say <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a track track truck yeah yeah uh, despite the motor in it um but then everything from just like the there was the ugliest i think mark four i'm i'm not good on my volkswagen generations but a jetta was out there that had some of the the ugliest over fenders and like there must have been like a foot of like poke that the the wheel were co- was coming out from from the body. I, I've got some photos on my Instagram of it. It's it's crazy. Oh my god, that's awesome! I need to. I I will be looking for that. Yeah, for sure. I um, I love shitty Volkswagens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. At, at at some point, Ian, between you and I, we need to own a bagged Passat. I mean, we just do. Like, we need something we can hard park. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that Harlequin Subaru that, that right. comes out as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that old Alpha down at the bottom right. We need to plug oh, your yeah. Uh, yeah your Instagram. Uh, it's Marquette L A M A R Q U E T T E L A. It is. This is exactly uh, what you're yeah, looking so. for here. Yeah. Oh man, the shot you have of the Miata uh, with the lockup. Uh, um, with the oh, yeah. if you click on that i've got actually got three miatas locking up on that one. <laughs> oh, really oh you yeah. do oh that's awesome yeah nice. that's a those are great um, shots first yeah I, like i said as as much as i love driving i love shooting uh photos as well so every event that i come out to to compete in i also try to photograph pretty much everyone on track and i share those photos with competitors as well so if you guys come out you get some sweet photos of you guys on track yeah nice or anyone else in colorado i mean geez yeah this is amazing yeah this is fantastic oh i've seen this noble at, at a high plains raceway it's so great yeah oh man that's that's awesome truly some uh awesome cars yeah oh second gen rx7s i love them so much that's so great yeah have you been out to high plains with your with the uh with the miata or anything else no so the uh the miata as i said only just installed a roll bar on it so it hasn't been actually like track ready um until essentially now uh with the case with the case swap um i'm doing all sorts of you know getting a seat in there, getting a harness, getting a roll bar, um, everything that I would actually need for the track. But so for now it's, I've just been limited to, uh, time attack stuff. Okay. Okay. What from that course run, I had the map up just a little bit ago. What's like from this course run, like what is a typical time that you see? Like that's probably around a minute. Okay. Maybe around fifty to sixty seconds, probably. Yeah, okay. I mean, for me and in, <laughs> in my uh, Miata, yeah, which okay. is ha- has beaten plenty of fast cars. Uh, sure. I'll toot my own horn a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of course. It it looks pretty technical. Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming they they swap they change up this uh, this layout a lot because this is a yeah every every single event is a different layout. Ah, yeah. there you go. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, like you said, sometimes they use the bank, sometimes they don't. Okay. 
I am into that. Yeah. Okay. And the track surface is great. They did uh, a bunch of renovations on the infield like a couple of years ago. Um, so they actually added some more uh, so, sort of the, the, like the gray horseshoe bit in the sort of top center of that uh, track map there. That's, that's new. That was recently added okay. um, to the track. So um, I think the gray bits in that track map are the new bits that they've added. Ah, okay. The dark gray. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it, they've got a lot of sort of uh, configuration possibilities and they yeah. pretty much always deliver with a really fun course. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We definitely need to go check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, what, a, what else you need to check out Marquette's Instagram. Yes. And we need to go to Pike's peak. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and then I, I think, I think the, uh, I want to uh, kind of wrap up with another FMK cars. Cause this is a, another good kind of insight into how you approach automotive subcultures. Okay. So this one I wrote after um, my wife misunderstood what the term coal rolling meant. Um, oh God, just bringing up coal rolling. I already know what I'm going to kill. Yeah. She, she took a, she took it very literally. So you will understand what she thought it was. Um, after I tell you the first catch. So the, the thing with this one is that you have to give me a car and you're going to get the same car for all three, but you will be converting that car to a different automotive subculture. So what's okay? Can you give me like an example? Like when Um, when Ian threw this at me, I gave him my Saab 900 at the time. But yeah, you know, it just then give him a car. What then did what then happened with the Saab 900? Uh, So like if you think about like the different subcultures within the automotive spectrum, from like low riders to uh, off road things, the car was kind of outfitted for these different aspects of culture, and so I had to pick. Okay, so it's the same car. It's not like. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm on board. You'll be modifying this car yeah. to, do, uh, to fit into these other uh, subcultures. So, Dave, how about we do this? How about you give me a car? Just give me any car. Well, I, I don't want to step on Marquette's toes. If he was, he he said he got it. He he <laughs> okay. got it. What do you what do you what do you want to go with, Marquette? Okay. So, do I know the subcultures beforehand? That's no. the tricky part. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ian's gonna well, end night Shyamalan you with this. It's hard not to just go with what I know, and that's a Mazda Miata. Okay. okay. Perfect. Okay. So uh, yeah. we'll go with the 2002 NB Mazda Miata. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So this one, again, my wife took the term coal rolling very literally. So the title of this one is called Automotive Subcultures. Are you meaning to tell me they put cars inside submarines? <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is coal rolling. You have to maintain a coal furnace in the trunk of your Miata. So you're you're going to be literally rolling coal. Um, my wife thought that it meant... Okay, so we're going with your wife's interpretation. <laughs> Correct, yes. Gotcha. We okay. were well, literally burning coal inside the bed of a pickup truck, which is... I, I love it so much. I'm excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> Well, you know, thankfully, the truck on a Miata is pretty darn close to the cabin. And so I feel like if I just remove the trunk lid, mm-hmm. I would be able to shovel coal from like the passenger seat into the trunk yeah. while rolling. Yeah. So that's not a big deal. No. Okay. And you get like a nice little heater. Maybe you could maybe you could make it a generator. I don't know. We get a locomotive uh, Miata. All right. The next one is a stance, bro, but not quite real stance bro this one is every time you exit the car four of your friends show up and you adopt a uh, 90s boy band stance well i mean that's not hard to do i already do that i already do that yeah the only mod <laughs> the only modification to the car is a blues brother style loudspeaker you know where they have like the huge speaker on the top of the car last right on this car blaring your latest single so every time you roll up your four friends come up and you do this, one of you's checking your watch, one of you doesn't care because you're a bad boy. <laughs> I literally could not think of a better marketing tactic. So right? yeah, I'm on board. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Um, 
And this one, the last one is you're going to be a hyper miler. Uh, your car is stuffed with cold brew coffees. Wherever you get out, you chug two of them and run a mile while narrating your stream of consciousness. So you're going to so be a little- hyper, like hyper? Hyper miler. Okay. Wow. Okay. I could have um, given you something easy to deal with in your body, like uh, crack, but instead <laughs> I gave you cold brew coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Which is a weaponized party drug. <laughs> uh-huh. um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, my same buddy who's helping me out with the case swap, actually, he used to own a first gen Honda Insight. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I know a, a thing or two about traditional hypermiling, but this mm-hmm. uh, newfangled hypermiling is, is definitely new to me uh-huh. and does not suit my lifestyle. <laughs> uh, so I've got to choose an FMK for, for this trio. Yes. So you can have uh, a Miata with a bunch of cold brew coffees in the back and you have to chug two and run a mile every time you get out. You can have a Miata with a Blues Brothers style uh, loudspeaker lashed to the roll bar, which you hopefully installed. That's going to be what <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for doing that, Marquette. Yeah. yeah it was forward thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you can have a literal coal furnace in the trunk of your Miata. <sighs> All right. Well... I don't really drive the Miata in the winter these days since I moved to Colorado. Um, so the coal, I think, would be lost on me. So I'm going to kill the coal. Okay. okay. I, I so have. Gonna... We've all seen Miatas on full studded setups in the winter in Colorado, which is just, yes, aces. Yeah. More but, power to you. I'm right. going to keep mine nice and not crash into a snowbank or a, some Prius on crappy ball tires ramming right. into me at a stoplight. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm going to have to marry the boy band and yes. screw the um, what's left. The hypermiling. The hypermiling. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, I could have I could do the cold brew thing every once in a while. But that's not something that I want to deal with every day. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas me and my homies <laughs> will roll together all day long. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Got two of my buddies hanging on the roll bar on the roll bar in the back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I think you approached it exactly well, exactly correctly. Because I think the way that I approach cold brew is like it's a break glass in case of emergency. <laughs> right. I right. pretty much only drink cold coffee on road trips. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. 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 I I just treat it like a loaded handgun. I don't want to go anywhere near it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. One um, time Dave uh and and our friend Chris and I went went uh karting and Chris brought these cold brews and they were like I don't know if they were like experimental or <laughs> like from a go- a government lab or something but I had one and I drank a lot of coffee. I was vibrating and sweating <laughs> about 15 minutes after I finished it and uh, it, it, it did not go well for me. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, you might need to enter that sort of state of mind though. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so it's good to have that when you need it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. Break glass in case of emergency. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were very thankful that you took the plunge on R32 ownership. Like that is an awesome thing to do. That is, that is living your best life, Marquette. That is great. Well, thank you, and and thanks for having me on and welcoming me into the fold. I already feel a part of the community. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure you had interactions on VW Vortex before owning a VW because, like, you can Google like HDTV settings, and you're going to find some guy's post on like <laughs> VW Vortex about it. Now you can actually like legitimately use it for VW stuff. Yeah, I mean, I definitely did some lurking there, and I will continue to lurk. Uh, they've got some great information. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right. Also, I'm very sorry about your reliance, your future reliance on VW Vortex. <laughs> it's not the most wholesome place on the internet. Right. Uh, right. But, yeah. but it, we're we're here for you if you need any kind of support. Um, you know, not financial, uh, some emotional, <laughs> and you know, yeah. I've got a big box of fuses. You might need some of those. Hey, man, as long as I've got somebody to commiserate with, that's yes. all I need. Yeah. Right, right. That is a huge chunk of owning these kinds of cars, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also know uh, a few Volkswagen mechanics in town. So if you, ha- if you need recommendations, let me know. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. I've already uh, done the rounds. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's great. Well, yeah, we, we really appreciate you talking to us, Marquette. This is, this is fantastic. I look forward to the next time that we cross paths in uh, the meat space, uh, you know, whether it be carting um, or at a time attack or a cars and coffee, something like that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's really awesome to talk to you tonight, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great talking with you both. And I guess uh, if anyone's interested in buying a, a, a very nice condition, uh, yes. 2006 Mazda Speed 6, yes. uh, get in contact with me. Thank you. Go, yes. go to the Instagram. Send me a DM. <laughs> Slide into Marquette's DM. Hey, I want to buy your car, but not yes. in a weird way. <laughs> Or in a weird way, I'm pretty sure you would take weird money at this point, right? Like, it wouldn't matter. Hey, cash is cash. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, thank you again so much. And um, everyone else, thanks for listening. We love you. Goodbye. 